0: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. A beloved teacher of the Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer
2: Hadley. Hello, everybody. Oh, it's so good to be with you. I I love doing this radio show and part of what I really appreciate and enjoy about it is the hour. It's eight AM in Los Angeles where I am and that's a really good time for me. I feel so clear in the morning. And uh one of the things that i 'm letting people know is uh, Unity Radio now has an app that you can use on your iphone i 'm an iphone girl an apple girl, and so For those of you who like to listen on the go, I'm going to encourage you to go to the unity.fm site and figure out how to get that app so you can listen to these wonderful programs on your phone when you're traveling around in the car, you're standing online at the bank, you're waiting for your kids at soccer, whatever it is you're doing that you can uh, tune in and tap in. and. Uh, for me, that's, that's something I've loved to do ever since they invited, invited, invented the iPod. Uh, I use the iPod when I'm doing the dishes and all of these things. So you can also get the podcast and get the download of every one of these shows. And so, figure it out. It's, it's really pretty simple. And all the details you'll need are at the unity.fm. Site, So isn't that sweet? They're making it so easy for us. You can also find us at iTunes. So you can go to iTunes and just search for me, Jennifer Hadley, and you'll find uh, the radio show there as well. So you can download it directly to your iPhone that way. So sweet, making it easy. And you know, it's it's valuable. It's important because this show is really about truly living a course of miracles and walking the talk. And that is the big challenge. For many of us, it's not that hard to study it to read about it, to read what other people are saying, but to walk the talk, that is the big challenge. So for me, I like every tool, every assist I can get to help me keep my mind focused on what I'm truly interested in, which is being the love of God in my own life. So let's tune in right now. i like to start with a prayer. I'm uh, someone who absolutely uses prayer all day long, prayer without ceasing, so I invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing and to take a nice deep breath of gratitude. We take this breath of gratitude because we're grateful that we remember to partner up, partnering up with the higher self, the holy self, the holy spirit, we're partnering up with the love of God and remembering that this is our true nature. It's our true identity to walk in the love of God, as the love of God, to literally be the peace in our own life. And when we're partnered up, we don't have to figure out how. Oh, we can give the heavy lifting to the higher self, the Holy Spirit self. And that is such a blessing. We're accepting that blessing right now that we don't have to figure it out, that we can simply open our minds and our hearts in willingness. Our little willingness is all that's required, and we're exercising that right now. We're willing to forget the grasping, the thoughts of revenge and regret, the disappointments, The hurt, the fear, the doubt, the worry, and all the patterns of the ego, we're willing right now to allow them to be dissolved and resolved in our minds so that we can remember that we are free, that we've always been free and we always will be free. And any idea of feeling like a prisoner, confused in a world of lack and limitation, can be dissolved because it's not real. What's real is the love of God and that's our true identity. We remember it now together and we invoke divine grace into our awareness as we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful that we can share this holy gift that is ours now and forever. In gratitude we let it be and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And if you're a prayerful person like me, (laughs) and uh, you're interested in another level of support, I will tell you, you can sign up for my daily spiritual espresso. I record a new prayer every day, which you can call and listen to, or you can get it by email. It's the click and pray when you get it by email, which I love. (laughs) And uh, all of that information is at jenniferhadley.com. And you can also find all those prayers at iTunes and download them and have them on your phone. And uh, isn't it wonderful that we live at a time when there is so much support for uh, all this clearing, clearing away the confusion and the clutter in the mind. And uh, this weekend I was studying the Course and I was rereading a section in Chapter 8 it's section three called The Holy Encounter. It's page 141 in the text in my book. And right there in the beginning, it says, Ask and it shall be given you, because it already has been given. Ask for the light and learn that you are the light. You are the light. And uh, in my weekend class, my Masterful Living class, I was sharing with the students thinking about this. That Course of Miracles teaches us that what we're looking at is in a sense what we're looking with. So we're seeing in the world the projection of our thoughts. And our thoughts are also generating our feelings Which are also a projection. The feeling that we have in our body is literally a projection of the mind. And so we're experiencing viscerally what we're thinking about. So if we're not enjoying this moment, the opportunity is to say, Oh, thank you, God, I can wake up from this illusion of suffering. And choose again. I can choose a new thought in this very moment. And unity, as you know, the unity churches, the teaching is new thought. New thought. I'm a science of mind trained minister. And my minister, Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith, says new thought, ancient wisdom. And that's what it is. It's literally we're taking these ancient teachings of truth. And we're having a new thought about them we're choosing again so I love this teaching of ask and it is given because the the world of effects has convinced us to some degree to think that ask and it is given meaning ask for ice cream and it is given ask for uh, a great spouse and it is given ask for a new car and it is given ask for a better job and it is given ask for stuff And it is given. And of course, that thought includes the idea that what we really want is the stuff. What we really want is a better experience of the projection. And if that's what we think, then we'll actually never find that the true treasure lies within And when we can tap into the treasure within, then our heart is healed, our mind is healed, and we're set free. And we remember, oh my gosh, all of that suffering was because of the way I held the world in my mind and believed it to be true. So think of this. If you're watching a movie, I know this is a common analogy, but it works so well. You're watching a movie... Forgetting that you're the projector. And if you're sitting in the dark watching a movie, you become so identified with what's happening on the screen, you can literally forget yourself. And I know this definitely happens to me because I'm extremely empathic. So if I see in a movie somebody falls down the stairs, oh, it just reverberates throughout my entire physical body. Because I'm so empathic. I'm so uh, entrenched in that experience of what's being projected on the screen. I'm so identified with it in that moment. And it literally just, it, I feel the vibration of pain go through my body in that empathetic reaction. Now, if you're watching that, that movie in a darkened room, totally and completely identified with what's happening on the screen, or mostly identified, and someone turns on the lights, what happens to the projection? It becomes very faint, doesn't it? Now you can see, oh, I'm actually in a theater. I'm in a dark, I was in a dark room. Now I can see the room. It's lit by the light. I can see what's actually happening here. I became identified with what's happening on the screen. Now I'm watching what's happening on the screen. I'm less identified because I can so clearly see I am not that. I am not that. I'm one with the one, one with the infinite. So this is how the light of truth literally works in our mind. If we're identified with what's happening in our life, forgetting that we had something to do with the projection we're experiencing, we turn on the light of love. We turn on the light of truth. We turn on the light of infinite wisdom. And we can now see much more clearly, ah, I was very attached, very entrenched in that projection. Now I can have a new thought about it. And this is what undoing the ego is all about. And that's our topic this week with John Mundy. He's the author of Living a Course in Miracles and many other books. He's a wonderful teacher based out of New York. Well known. He travels all over the world speaking and teaching. has been doing this for over 30 years and sharing with people from all over and helping us to understand what it really means to undo the ego and put an end to suffering. So welcome, John.
3: Thanks, Jennifer. Nice being with you.
2: Yeah, and I want to say last week in Living a Course of Miracles, the eight-week class that John and I are participating in, it's a totally free class. You can learn about it at livingacourseofmiracles.com. John was also talking about this same topic of undoing the ego and learning to go the other way. Uh, and I, I want to share with you, John, uh, I got so much feedback from people how wonderful what you offered was, how nourishing and healing it was for them, opened their eyes with such clarity, and particularly from the Masterful Living students in my Masterful Living class. So uh, just to give you some feedback, because sometimes even though thousands of people are uh, participating in the Living a Course in Miracles classes, uh, we, the, the ones who are offering these classes, we're, we're doing it. Uh, remotely and we're not interacting with the students, so I don't don't know how much feedback you got, but it was wonderful, wonderful class. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the program, I'm going to ask John to share with us how you can access. He has a lot of free things that he gives away, so I'm going to invite him to share that, so stay tuned to the end and you'll have a pen and paper you can write that down. So the undoing the ego, the end of suffering, I think for me, John, one of the main things is to help people get a clear motivation. So what are some things that you you have seen in yourself and in other people that uh, if if they work with these teachings, if they decide to walk the talk, that they can get immediate results what What kind of experiences have you witnessed people? have that would inspire someone or motivate someone to dig in and really make a commitment to undoing the ego.
3: Well it happens for most people in terms of the realization, as it says one point in the course, that there must be another way. That is as you know how the course itself got started when Bill Thetford turned to Helen Shookman and frustrated with the backbiting and the fighting and everything, the competitiveness that was going on in their relationship and said there had to be another way. And Helen, very uncharacteristic of herself, turned back to Bill and said, You're right, and I'll help you find it. Now, that's a line that also appears in the course where it says that everyone comes eventually to understand that there must be another way. It'd be kind of nice for us not to have to get to the point of crashing and burning and frustration (laughs) and annoyance with what's going on in the world before we realize that there could be another way. And actually, that's true actually in studying the course, because as you study the course, it begins to show you this other way. And it says, you know, you really don't have to go through crash and burn experiences to wake up. You could just read this, and you could get it, and you could begin to apply these principles, and we're going to show you how. Unfortunately, that's not the way it works for an awful lot of people, or even most people, because we do have to come to these kind of crash and burn experiences I think I may have mentioned last week that there, we don't see a lot of people under the age of 40, for example, studying the course. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that we don't is that a lot of those folks are still working on building careers and families and getting homes and cars and doing the, the stuff that one does in the world. And <clears throat> we almost have to get to kind of a midlife crisis first where you you realize that there must be something else A fellow came to my group that I run here in New York a few weeks ago. It was a newspaper reporter, and he came to it. He said, not because of any real crash and burn in his own life so much as it was just reporting all the stuff that that he's reporting on. He began to realize this can't be reality. There's got to be another way to see things.
2: Mm. Wow. That's very powerful. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a reporter and being focused on the most horrendous things that are happening right. day in would, and day out.
3: It would give you a, a pause after a while, wouldn't it? Yeah,
2: you you would uh, have a clear motivation there to to the end of suffering. And right. this week in uh, Living a Course in Miracles, in our eight-week class, uh, we're going to be focusing on finances. And right now in the world... Uh, a lot of people are having financial crisis and fear. It's been going on for uh, several years now. And that financial crash and burn creates the impetus for some people to say, well, maybe there's even a spiritual approach to my finances. And uh, to to look at where the ego has... uh been what they've been identified with, and it's led them into a financial a ruin, and also a chance to start again. Do you do you have any advice for someone who's having that experience?
3: Well, sure. I mean, I think the main things there are are trust, I mean trust that God really is in charge, and that God really does know the way, and doing the right thing. You know, I studied with Joseph Campbell back in 1973 in New York, and. Joe was famous for saying, follow your bliss. It's really important that we don't do things, we don't prostitute ourselves by that. I mean, you know, we don't do something just for the sake of the money if we possibly can. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not, that's not saying, you know, don't do jobs for the sake of money. But you want to follow your heart as much as you can and let that be the direction you're going in. One young man told me about a frustrating experience. He said he stopped driving the van he was driving, started banging his head against the steering wheel, and saying, why is this happening to me? Why am I having this horrible experience? And he heard a voice that said to him, to prepare yourself for the rest of your life. (laughs) And that was an awakening for him. So regardless of what we're going through, it is preparing us. There's a wonderful line that I really like in the course where it says, the past as well held no mistakes. So whatever was going on was exactly what we're supposed to be going through. So, a lot of people I know are going through a lot of tough times right now. But we'll John, back. we're gonna we'll
2: we're gonna back. take our break right now. We're gonna pick okay. up right where we left off. Thank you.
3: All
0: right. Bye.
4: Hello, Unity Online Radio. Yes, I was wanting to know if I can listen to Unity Online Radio on my smartphone. Actually, yes. iPhone and Android users can now listen live to Unity Online Radio with the Live 365 app. This is great news. How do I get the app? Getting the app is super easy. You'll need to download our broadcast partner's app, Live 365. iPhone users can go to iTunes to download the Live 365 app Android users can go to the Android market. Once the app is downloaded onto your mobile device, search for Unity Online Radio, and voila, your favorite hosts live on your phone. Wow, Unity Online Radio, on the go? How cool is that? To learn more, go to www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening.
5: Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now.
1: Thank you for tuning in for Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley.
2: We're talking about undoing the ego, putting an end to suffering, with John Mundy, author of of Living a Course in Miracles. And John, you were just saying, you were quoting the course where it says, the past holds no mistakes.
3: The past as well held no mistakes, yes. It's on the section on patience from that. Manual for Teachers of A Course in Miracles.
2: And so you were giving an example of this young man.
3: Oh, he he was driving a van. He was doing a job he hated, and he couldn't figure out why he had to do this awful hated job. And he stopped the van and started banging his head on the steering wheel, saying, "Why? Why do I? Why? (laughs) Why do I have to do this?" And he heard a voice which said, "To prepare yourself for the rest of your life. So whatever we're going through." Whatever illness we're going through, whatever relationship have the divorce that we're going through, the bankruptcy that we're going through, whatever it is that we're going through, spiritually speaking in terms of the course, we actually wrote that script in for ourselves so that we could learn, spiritually speaking, what we need to learn as a part of our taking a, a step forward.
2: And isn't it the ego thought system that would have us believe that we have made mistakes that were spiritually stupid or were inept in oh,
3: absolutely. Something. Sure, the ego, one of its jobs is to beat up on us. or to, you know, That's called guilt. You know, guilt's a major factor in the Course. It's, and the, the guilt, that there's a deep underlying guilt, and the deep underlying guilt is that somehow other we've separated ourselves from God, that we've broken away from God, which is true and it's not true. I mean, it, it's true in this kind of psychological sense, but in the truth. Of the matter, you can never really leave God because God can't leave you. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. may be a prodigal son, or it may seem as though you're a prodigal son that's wandered away, but God's just there with open arms ready for you to come back at any point you decide you want to turn around and come to the realization that the prodigal son came to, which is, I could go home. <laughs> and then you can go home again.
2: Well, and and for me, one of the things that uh, I started using as a tool to end the suffering is I would just stop and I'd say, I'm not interested in that anymore. I am a creature of love and light, and that's all I'm interested in. And for me, right. that would be uh, bringing up the light in my own mind so that I could see more clearly that the experience of suffering I was thinking I'm having was... Truly, a projection of my own mind. It was my own judgments and my own right. opinions.
3: <clears throat> right. It's not what we see. It's how we see it.
2: So do you have a technique for changing your mind?
3: Well, it's not that I... Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I have a technique, but I can sort of reflect, I think, what the Course is, is saying. Uh, in fact, as I just jotted this down on a piece of paper at breakfast a couple days ago, I was thinking that what, what is needed to engage in right-minded thinking is we need a kind of a trip switch, mm-hmm. and if we had this trip switch, and I in the new book, Living A Course in Miracles, I have a section called Word Fasting uh, the Spiritual Diet, in which it suggests that there are certain words that are trips, that if that you see this word coming out of your mouth, that you realize that it's really has to be ego-based, and because it's ego-based, then you kind of have to wonder why it is that you're saying that and do you really need to go there? Like if you say that you're disappointed about something, there's only one way in the world you could ever be disappointed about anything, which is that you would have had to have made an appointment or you had some sort of expectation or anticipation yes. about the way the situation is supposed to look, and it doesn't look that way. So you get to have this experience of disappointment. Well, disappointment is a trip switch. Mm-hmm. The moment you realize that you're disappointed, you're like, well, oh, who made the appointment? <laughs> see, only an ego would make the appointment. And you get the, a lot in the Course about being upset. It would be the same thing with upset. It's like, if you ever say you're upset about something, then that's a trip switch you want to watch. You want to stop it and catch yourself in the, and think, why? what's upset? Who's upset? Why is it upset? And, and the Course is, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm upset because my ego has made an investment again in... Oh, in a relationship or an expectation again. It's interesting. I'm studying Spanish right now, and I had to write a paper uh, for my Spanish class I tell a a story in Spanish, and I wanted to use the word upset, and I didn't know what it was in Spanish, so I looked it up in the dictionary, and there's more than one word that you can use, but one of the words is tranzonado, and I thought, that's very interesting. The word tornado is inside that word, tranzonado, right? Mm. And so I looked up the etymology of Donado and it means to have a thunderstorm. <laughs> 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 so if you're upset, you've got a thunderstorm going on in your mind. Remember that little character from Little Abner who used to walk around with a cloud over his head. I think his, his name was Joe Blipfiks. Very strange last name. No, no vowels. Just all consonants. Anyhow, that's what we need. We need <laughs> we need some kind of a trip switch. And this is way I was thinking: but we need a trip switch which will then provide a thought catcher. By a thought catcher, I mean the, something that catches that thought and then enables us to look at it. And then the next step is that we then stop it as we stop the projective mind right there. You catch the thought, you realize it's a projective mind, and then you realize that there must be another way, there must be another way to see this. And then the next step is to do something the course talks really quite a bit about in fact, is the, this phrase appears 17 times in the course, that is to engage in a reversal in thinking. So the reversal and thinking then means that you do indeed go the other way, mm-hmm. and that, you, that you try to see it from the other person's perspective, for example, rather than just from your own projective perspective that you have on a situation. Uh, probably the best example of going the other way from the course would be the, the place in the course where it says to have, and this relates to finances again, to have, give all to all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a reversal, you know, to, to, in thinking because the normal ego thinking is to to get it, you know, to make it mine. Uh, as we live in a go for it society, you know, so. You get it, and then it's, and it's yours. But what the Course is saying, it's really the other way around. It's, it's what you give away forever is your own. And the best example of that, of course, is giving our love away. And because the more we give our love away, the more this really miraculous thing happens, which is that we find a lot of love coming back our way. <laughs> it's wonderful how it works.
2: I love this idea of the trip switch. That's very helpful, and for me, what I the trip switch for me is any disturbance in the body, and so I I call that disturbance in the body the divine alarm clock, going That's off, good. saying, "Wake up! Wake yeah. up! Wake up!"
3: That would be a similar thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then what you need at that point is awareness. You need to really recognize that you've probably that you're you've not had your awareness. At the high enough level of attunement, so just kind of look around, and then what you want to do is to catch your, yourself being insane, <laughs> <laughs> because we're all kind of we are all insane actually in terms of the course.
5: We're all sane as well. We
3: kind of go back and forth between those different states, but it's which one seems to dominate the mind a lot of the time. And for a lot of folks, they seem to be caught in the projective mind is insane. The more projective I am. The more insane I am. That's why the real task. You said it earlier, and it, it, just remember the first three words of chapter twenty-one: projection makes perception. So you just you just got to stop that. Whatever it is, just stop it. Stop that projection, and just the judgment that you're about to make about somebody, for example, and then really, really look at it, and then the course says the ego always speaks first. So we see what the ego has to say about it,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and then we go the other way. Then we make this other choice, which is, "I'm no, I thank you very much, but I'm not going to follow that voice." I, that's what Jesus in the wilderness. You know, he's given these three great temptations, and they're all typical ego temptations. You know, "Do it this way, all the kingdoms of the world can be yours if you fall, fall down, and worship me." The ego, and to each one, he just says, "No, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, thank you very much, but." I'm going to follow the voice for God in my life rather than following this piece of insanity.
2: I had uh, Ken Wapnick on the show a few weeks ago, and I asked him if he had a catchphrase that he used to go Mm -hmm. the other way. And he said that he loves the quote from King Lear, where Lear says, That way madness lies.
3: That way magnifies?
2: Madness lies. Uh
3: Uh-huh.
2: That way madness right. lies. So that if I go that lies. way with the ego, if I go down mm-hmm. that road of thinking, that's where madness no, that's lies. That's very good. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, yeah, for me, that divine alarm clock letting me know it's time for me to choose clearly what am I interested in. Am I interested right. in the suffering caused by my own opinions and judgments? Or do I have, am I willing to place a true value on freedom and love and peace, what I say, I am th- I, interested in. Am I willing to actually choose that when push comes to shove? So that's why it's walking the talk.
3: Right, it is. It's very much. You know, the mystics have always seen that. And I, what really has to happen is you just you do really have to completely stop and just look. Take a couple of deep breaths. That helps to <laughs> to mm-hmm. recenter. Into our awareness before we make this other kind of choice. There's a, a great line in the course where it says the ego analyzes, the Holy Spirit accepts. So rather than continuing to analyze everything, which is, which means we're doing a lot of projecting about what we're what we're seeing, just you get to this quiet mind. that the mystical perspective is a perspective that just accepts accepts the world. Just you see the situation. And you let it be what it is. You let people be who they are. You don't try to fix them. You don't try to change things. And that's really the mystical perspective. The mystical perspective is just seeing, but it's a kind of pure seeing, or it's a kind of being, which is just kind of a pure being, just being present. And then there's that, in the mystical experience, there's that connection that happens with, with whatever. You know, if you're in a natural scene, it's the... The nature. If you're with someone, it's that other one that you're with. If you're reading the Course, it's with the Course. You know, it's just being where you're at without the mind running all around, all over the place.
2: Well, and one of the ways that the mind runs around all over the place for spiritual seekers, and so we've got the, the Unity listeners and all the New Thought listeners, one of the ways that our uh, our perception of separation takes a hold is thinking that other people should be studying a course in miracles. Other people should be listening to us and oh, reading the books. <laughs> it, it just and then we we just are uh, trying to convince everyone around no. us that we know what's best for them. No,
3: no, there's no evangelism in the course. The course says. This, it says there are many thousands of pathways back to God again. And there are indeed, there are many thousands of pathways back to God again. And trying to push a path, if you're trying to push a path on somebody, then you're saying, I'm right and you're wrong. And it's never it's never a matter of saying, I'm right and you're wrong. It's much more a matter of listening than it is projecting.
2: So what about when someone has a friend or a family member or a, 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 a church Member that is uh, quote unquote ruining their life, mm-hmm. and we—it's—it's it's so easy to think we know what's better. Right. What, what what do you say to someone who is so attached to their opinion and their judgment at that point? And it's because you know, if someone is a drug addict, someone is in some way uh, clearly creating distress for themselves. It's very easy for the ego mind to say, you know better than they do. You should help them.
3: Well, that's really a difficult one. You know, on the whole, you know, I think one of my favorite lines from the course is where it says, let him be what he is. Seek not to make of love an enemy. You could say that be who she is, let it this situation be what it is. It's really hard for us to go. And, first of all, people aren't going to want to listen to us because they're going to hear you coming from their own ego perspective. So, mm-hmm when you try to tell somebody else what to do, they're going to get defensive. Defensiveness is just, you know, built in Is The minute someone tells you, in your own mind, you look back at them, and even if you don't say anything, you're saying, you idiot, you, mm-hmm. in your own mind. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because we're not really wanting to pay attention. And it's sad in a way that we kind of have to let some folks walk down these paths that we know are leading them into trouble. But take the prodigal son story, for example, again. The father of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son comes to the father and asks for his inheritance, the father doesn't say, you know, no, I, I think we should really talk this over, and, you know, is this really a good idea for you to be going off like this? You know? The second line in the prodigal son's story is, and the father divided up his property and gave it to him, right? But I think the implication is there, even though it doesn't say it at that point in the story or even ever in the story, but I know you'll come home. You know, I know that you'll be back. That's really kind of in terms of the course God's relationship with all of us. And the, God sees us that we're all his separated sons and daughters, all trying to build our own kingdoms, all trying to make it our own way in the world. And he doesn't stop us or try to change it or manipulate it. You know, He just... Says, I know the time will come when you will reverse your thinking, <laughs> as the prodigal son does, when he says, "I could go home," and you'll come back. And of course, the the guy comes back thinking that he's going to have to do a confession of how right. guilty he is. And but it, that's not even recognized. All the father says is, "Get a gold ring, put it on his finger, get some sandals." Put it on his feet, get a cloak, put it on him. My son was lost. He's been found. He was dead. He's come back. That's the only thing that matters, and that really is the only thing that matters. Is that at some point we we, rec- we recognize we've gone off, we turn it around, and we come back, and then we begin to really do what the will of our Father is, which is our own will. That's the the arrogance of the ego is in thinking that it knows better. That's, that's really the main problem we got. We kind of say to God, well, thank you very much, God. I'd really rather do it myself.
1: Yes.
3: And, <laughs> and God doesn't say, no, you can't do it yourself. You know, he says, all right, go ahead.
2: <laughs> and don't you think that one of the, the great things that we can give to our loved ones is to no longer hold them in our attention as having something wrong with them?
3: Oh, absolutely. Because, in fact, as it says that, the, um, Mark Twain once said the most disturbing part of Scripture to him was the, the part where, not the part he didn't understand, it's part that he did understand. And I think the most disturbing part of the Course is not some part I might not understand, it's part I do, which is Chapter 9, Section 3, where it talks about the correction of error, which simply says, if you perceive error in a brother, you must be seeing through your own ego. Yeah. Because that's not the way the Holy Spirit sees it. The way the Holy Spirit sees it is the Holy Spirit sees the wholeness. And actually, that's how you help people. Yes, The way you help so, people is that you reach in there, you see the wholeness. you see the, you, you got to get in touch with the Holy Spirit, and, and that changes things.
2: And that's what we're going to continue discussing as soon as we come back with John Mundy.
5: Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link.
4: Sure, you consider yourself spiritual. But does your spirituality involve your gayness? Reverend Dulani Moore and Jerome Braggs want you to know that you no longer have to live bound by shame. For it's God's desire for you to be set free by understanding the truth of your being. It is time to live the unedited life, freely celebrating everything that you are and the unique expression God designed you to be. Talk with Reverend Dulani and Jerome live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central on Get Into It and Get Your Life. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Back with John Mundy and talking about having the willingness to see our loved ones as they truly are perfect, whole, and complete. How deeply and profoundly challenging that is. And John, I'll share with you that a few years ago in my masterful living class, one of the students said that for her husband's birthday, she was giving him the gift of one year not judging him. <laughs>
5: What happened
3: at the end of the year?
2: (laughs) Well, she said at the end of the year, she said that it was the most difficult thing she ever embarked on. I'm sure. To hold no judgments on her husband. And it's interesting that very often when I talk with people, the, the biggest challenge they have is to truly unconditionally love their loved ones and not judge them. That is the most difficult thing in their life.
3: Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's easy when you do it. It's just a matter of finding that trip switch which enables you not to do it. it doesn't make any difference what they're doing. You still well, love
2: them. that's hard for people to understand that it doesn't make any difference. I mean, if if someone is in a marriage where the spouse is cheating on them or sometimes I oh, know Well, that
3: doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you wouldn't walk away from an abusive relationship or you know, step out of a situation like that. I mean, you might very well have to do that. You want to be kind and loving to yourself as well. But whereas I'm not assuming that that level. that you know, otherwise, if they're just complaining about the dirty dishes in the sink, <laughs> you go ahead and love them,
2: right? Right, but, but you gotta wanna.
3: You gotta wanna, but you know, it's it's possible. I mean, you think about everybody that falls in love when they, at the time that they fall in love. The reason we fall in love is that there's something inside. Now, this was true when I fell in love with my high school sweetheart, and then many years later when I fell in love with my wife, was that I was able, for some reason, to look through and to see the innocence that was there. And it was the innocence in a way that I fell in love with, Mm
5: -hmm. which is
3: what the Course is asking us, and asking us to be able to see that in everybody. For many years, I worked as a teacher inside Sing Sing Prison, Bedford Prison for Women in New York. And I didn't know my students' crimes, and it was, I was just so grateful that I didn't know the crimes, because sometimes I mm-hmm. would find out about the crimes later on, and it was hard to avoid being judgmental, you know. But I got to know them as persons, as, as people, as, as human beings. I got to know them, first of all, by just you know, looking into their eyes and, and talking to them straight on as human beings. And that was really, really wonderful, because that's there in every you know keep in mind the course says you know I said earlier that everybody here is insane, but the course also says that there's no one here in whom the light has gone out completely, mm-hmm. so it's it's still in there and and that's people want that light to be seen by others and if if you just reach in there and you can see that light for a moment and touch it and realize and share it with them somehow or another um. That is such a magnificent experience for both people. That's why we fall in love. But you can fall in love with everybody and and anybody, and I don't mean in some sort of personal, sexual way or anything like that, but just as human beings.
2: You're not advocating promiscuity, is what you're saying. Uh, Not at all. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Not not even slightly.
2: (laughs) Sorry, that was a cheap joke. Yes, Um. (laughs) Just to make sure everybody's listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what I'm hearing you say is that love is the healer. Sure. When we are willing to see the, the spark of divinity in someone, then that love is the healer. Love does the heavy lifting. Right. right. If we're willing.
3: What you, what you have to do, which, is, which, which makes it a difficult task...
2: Mm-hmm.
3: is that you have to look past the mask. What we see is the mask. The mask is the first thing, because a lot of folks, I mean, we, we do walk around wearing the masks. But it's not too hard in a way to, to break through that mask. It just takes a little bit of kindness, a little bit of the right word, a little bit of seeing that, that God is in there, and that mask will begin to fall away pretty quickly.
2: And sometimes in relationships where the the judgment has our attention, what often we'll see in relationship is that people go into a sense of sadness. You were talking about disappointment before and sadness. So if people are feeling sad, that things should be different than they are. Or that something that they hoped would happen didn't happen. They hoped the marriage would last, but it didn't last. What What can you tell us that helps people deal with that kind of sadness?
3: Stop asking and start giving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really, I mean, you know, stop asking for more and, and just start giving from your own heart, and you'll find that it that it does come back. And don't think about what the. That somebody has to respond to you, that they, that they have to give you back love, just because you're sharing with them. You know the the great lovers of mankind, you know the Mother Teresa's and the Albert Schweitzes and all gave regardless of whether there was any return coming, because the return was the fact that the that they were able to give it. It just became automatic in returning to them.
2: You know, and you're reminding me of, I, I once read in one of Doreen Virtue's books. I don't know if you're familiar with Doreen Virtue. Oh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. She has all those wonderful books about the angels, and she's an avid course student for many, many years. Yeah. And I remember reading in one of her books, I can't recall which one now, where she as a therapist uh, would feel uh, that she would hope that she could say something that someone could hear it uh, and have a, 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 an aha, have an open moment and hear it clearly in their mind and that that would contribute to their healing. And she realized that whatever is said that's true, whatever love is offered to someone who appears to be disconnected or um, having a difficult time, that when they are ready... That, that truth, that love, will appear in their mind uh, cl- clearly, and that until then it's like ornaments hanging on a Christmas tree awaiting their seeing it. Mm-hmm. Good. And I just love that. So there's, yeah, sure. we don't have to convince anyone, we don't have to wake, it's not our job to wake anybody up.
3: Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it, it's job which is a tough job is to try to wake yourself up (laughs) it's that struggle to to get to awareness yourself if you get to the the, the proper level of awareness you'll realize that it's not about fixing other people it's about and and none of us realize how much dark stuff there is inside us until we let let some of it out and Mm -hmm. realize that there's even more that you need to look at the more house cleaning that you can do the better <clears throat> that's where it all starts
2: and and not but, judge ourselves for judging
3: right, well, that would be one of the first steps, of course, but then that also enables you to stop the judgment just to mm-hmm. recognize that that has been a part of of what you've been doing, and you don't you don't need to keep going there anymore.
2: I think that's one of the most debilitating things for spiritual seekers is they judge themselves as not being good enough or holy enough.
3: The course talks about it. It actually says that that once you realize how much how projective you are onto the world, and you begin to stop that, then you're very likely to reverse it and throw it back onto yourself. But it's just exactly the same thing. So <laughs> you want to catch that and and change that too, and see that that is what you're doing to yourself. That's the kind of thing that leads us to to get sick, literally. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Well, uh, we're gonna be closing on that thought. I'm gonna say a prayer and as, as I go into that prayer, I'll share that for me, one of the tools that I Use in working with the mind and undoing the ego, ending suffering is when I recognize I have a judgment, when I have an attachment to a thought that's not true, I make a holy offering of it. I place it on the holy altar of God's love, and I, I let love be that healer. So I'm going to invite people to join with me in that. In this moment, and just take a deep breath of gratitude that we've called forth this opportunity to remember our true identity. I invite you to place your hand on your heart right now and remember that love is that healer and that we all have full 100% access to love. In fact, we are the love. The kingdom is within. The treasure is within our own heart. And right now we're opening our minds to see that clearly, to know it clearly, and to be faithful. Right now we're invoking divine grace into our awareness, and we're letting the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting. We're willing, and we're cultivating that willingness to know the truth about ourselves, about life, about everyone, so that we can be actively awake and alert to the opportunity to love so clearly. In gratitude, we accept what is ours. It's already been given. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them, and we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Thank you so much, John. Oh, and I tell us your website again.
3: Very simple. Miraclesmagazine dot org. dot org.
2: And people can request a free copy of your magazine, <laughs> and it'll be mailed to them. Is that not correct?
3: With whatever the next issue that's going out, uh, the next one we're working on—the November, December—is next. But it may be January, February before they get the next one, simply because we've had so many requests. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That, uh, we've we've kind of filled our quota, but um, it, it, I guess they will—they'll get one.
2: Beautiful, and there's a lot online there. And I thank you, John. God bless everyone. Have a great week.
3: You too, Jennifer.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. Living a Course in Miracles. Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support
4: Wondering what's happening at Unity Village? Join Dean Ted Collins and guests each Monday at 2 p.m. Central Time as he hosts Village Events and Voices from Unity Village. Stay connected with Unity Village and get news on retreats, special events, newly published authors, and various ways you or your center can be part of the many exciting opportunities Unity Village has to offer. Tune in to catch live interviews of Unity speakers, authors, and newsmakers. It's Village Events and Voices with host Ted Collins, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened.
5: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.